Sharon Kovacs is a soul-inspired singer from the Netherlands. Her unique and unorthodox vocal style made her stand out, and she found international success when her debut single, My Love, became a number one hit in Europe. Kovacs is honest about the struggles and inner demons that she continues to face and how they inspire her art. Shades of Black reached the top of the charts in the Netherlands and garnered over 60 million views on YouTube. She's won many awards and performed at Glastonbury and other major festivals. Sharon Kovacs, welcome to The Creative Process. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me in The Creative Process. Um, no, I love your music. I dance to your music, actually. So it's a, a really honor to speak to you. But, you know, going back to your, your earliest songs like um, My Love or The Devil You Know, uh, just straight out of the gate, um, Fool Like You, you're talking about in your music, like predator, all these very strong images like predators, black spiders, you powerful, sometimes poisonous women and um, dark stories and really strong imagery. And, you know, I thought you could almost call your music like uh, Praying Mantis Productions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, li I, like the, I like the dark. I, I don't like the dark, actually. But, mm -hmm. you know, everybody has, a, 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 you know, part, parts of, of the darkness in themselves. And I feel my creating always came out of, uh, uh, you know, out of a dark place, you know, mm -hmm. being alone, feeling alone, feeling misunderstood, you know, uh, being the person I am, like very ex extravagant and uh, sometimes too much for uh, for people. So um, yeah, for me, this is a way to to you know to, uh, to, to for myself to deal with it, to give it uh, a place somewhere in my mind where it's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, in some ways it's interesting. I don't know, because I, I write, but I don't write songs, but, it, but other songwriters, musicians have told me that sometimes when you have these moments, it's almost easier to sing about it. These things that have really, I don't know if that's true, but they said some, sometimes it's easier to write a song about it then. Yes, it's true. I think for me, especially, you know, for me, talking and still talking is very difficult to explain really what I'm feeling. And when I'm singing, I can, you know, of course I tell the story in words, but I also can give emotion with it, which is which uh, translates extra what I what I want to say and what I feel uh, with with the thing I want to say. I don't know, but <laughs> it's more clear if I if I try to explain myself, I, I can never find the right words or. Um, and if I put uh, my emotion in it, uh, it's it's natural thing I think, and people understand better. I well, feel it's true. I mean, I think that so much of human behavior isn't really logical anyway. Although you give logic to it in your lyrics, but it's it's quite beautiful how you can jump over quite you know, long periods of time or people's behavior that was painful or confusing to you. And I'm thinking maybe in like more recent songs or going back to Fool Like You or Mama and Papa, where you can, in a few words, sketch out things that maybe you're still trying to understand. 
yeah and yeah as well and i think also to you know in a way to put your not the anchor out but also to show like in another way for for example mama and papa which is a song about my relationship with my father which i never had and i grew, I grew up not knowing about him mm-hmm. and uh later on like three years ago i think maybe a little bit more he contacted me through facebook and you know saying he was very religious man and you know and i I don't mind you know but for me it felt so much that he was just hiding behind his religion and uh, you know and and telling me to to do you know to join this religion and stuff like that which for me i don't know and then you you know you try to stay polite and but still there's a lot of emotions inside of you like under uh, things yeah like misunderstanding or like yeah um and then through music i can you know i can i can tell him what i feel and what, how i think about it and it's maybe weird because again i can't really tell him you know so um, um i rather let him feel it <laughs> did you find out did he tell you why he had turned to religion had been something after because he left the family home when you were quite young um well um, no no i don't i no no didn't really talk mm. it was also like it were like two or three talks we had three years ago and i think i also at that time i wasn't really right also ready like to you know maybe i was too weak to still to say like hey hello so i just told him like okay uh, maybe maybe we just need to think about this and need to uh, you know you need to accept me as me like as a non-believer mm-hmm. <laughs> and you need to and I need to uh, you know also get used to the fact that that you you are so yeah so I think I hope in a few years we will we will meet again and you know yeah I'll further in this whole uh, <laughs> situation. Yeah, I don't mean to get so personal, but I feel in a way because your music is so, well, there's a great artistry, but of course it's very intimate and very personal. So if I ask things, it's oh, because, it's okay. yeah, I'm drawn to it by that. And it is, it is strange though. I mean, I'm, I sense, you know, a great strength in your, you're not, as you say, you're not exactly religious, but there's a kind of, um, there's a, you know, there's religion and there's spirituality. And it is yeah. always interesting why some people, you know, turn to religion because they feel out of control. Sometimes it's just like it makes them really feel good. And um, and then uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's a way they need to forgive themselves. So they join something that will. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I also still think a lot about it because I, I don't think a religion is bad. And I understand people do it sometimes because they don't believe in themselves and they need something else to believe in them or you know or it's just because you know you've grown up like that but or you just can't you know maybe it's, I don't know maybe it's just not um, able to, to deal with it differently but I don't know yeah that's interesting. <laughs> well, because well, um, one thing you had said and why you had one of the reasons that, that drew you to music, I mean, obviously you have this talent that it w- couldn't be suppressed, but 
um, was that you have this sense of family, you know, when you're performing for people that you don't even know, but you're yeah. connected. And I, and I think that that's sometimes the way it is for people yes. who join religions too. But um, Definitely, yeah, finding a family. I think, yeah, I did, I did that too when I, when I started music. I, that's, yeah, you want to create a new family around you mm-hmm. with creative people, yeah, that you, yeah. I live, um, see, I don't know the exact, I know that you went to, to Rock City Music School. I know that you also found your way and your voice, not just learning yeah. from your, as I understand, not just learning from your teachers. Um, but I so admire when someone, well, as, I, as I understand, if I can speak about some of these things, I guess you had had, um, you you were kind of raised in, in foster home or... Um, yeah. And so you didn't have access. A lot of people like they, they have access to music lessons or if you talk about that, but that you just found you had this raw talent and then you you found your way through. It yeah. wasn't provided. Mm-hmm. Yes, I didn't. But funny thing was that like when I was sometimes when I was in, in places that, um, <clears throat> well, at least when I was like 17 or 18, uh, there was this woman in like this foster home and she brought me for the first time to a concert to see Pink, which I loved. And, and she was like doing a lot of things to, you know, to make the children um, uh, inspired by music. And later she also, you know, uh, by funds and by money she got from, um, from, uh, from, from organizations, she built like a a music room where mm-hmm. where children can make music. So I think it's funny because um, it wasn't there when I started, but mm-hmm. uh, when I went to that journey. But now uh, it, there is a lot of music therapy and stuff. So I think that's yeah, it's funny that, mm-hmm. that yeah. I don't know because I think people also saw it helped mm-hmm. a lot for children to you know to. To express themselves and like art and uh, all these things. Mm. And also, I think that you're an inspiring figure too. I believe there's a, a mural to you in your hometown in Eindhoven, and possibly she says, "Gosh, we there's we, there's other Sharon Kovacs out there who um, we're missing them, right?" Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think most of the creative people who are. Um, very talented are probably always very troubled <laughs> I think yeah. and uh, they're the ones who you know who actually yeah yeah uh, need they are not mostly not in the situation to make music uh, mm. or, and, and it would help them I mm. think yes <laughs> um and then I would love to hear I mean okay I've already told you I love dancing to your music so I take it personally you know but one thing why I would just say from my point of view is that and it's quite unique this voice that you know you write the lyrics you write the music and it's very personal but what I love dancing to it is I feel powerful in that moment and dangerous in a way that we often cannot be in life it's like the woman in your the women in your songs that she's had she has an attitude and she doesn't apologize yes Yes, I think it's. I think it's also the woman I am in a normal life. I'm quite strong character. Uh, I always was, and um, I'm. I don't know. I always. 
I don't when the moment I shaved my head, for example, I felt very powerful. <laughs> I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Very empowered. Uh, and um, I, yeah, and I I'm trying. I don't know. It's not like really on purpose, but when I am in countries uh, like, for example, like uh, where women don't have their rights, for example, I see how much I love my my freedom and my, and the way I am you know, uh, uh, equality and mm-hmm. all these things. So yes, um, it's funny because I never thought really about it, but I think I'm quite, yeah, quite, yeah, I don't know, free, free-minded, <laughs> and mm-hmm. yes. I believe My Love was your the first song that you wrote? Yes. So you had that strength right from the beginning. Like, how old were you when you wrote My Love? Um, I, it was, there were actually two songs uh-huh. and I wrote them when I actually graduated music school. So it was my final project mm-hmm. and I, yeah, it was actually the moment when I was about to, you know, start my career, like making an album. I was like, okay, now I have to go for it. I have to, you know, leave everything behind that, that, that keeps me back. Uh, yeah, so that I think that was the the whole idea, feeling, and, and moment when I did it. Come what may, I won't give away my love. Diamond rings and Chevrolet. My love is as I a cigarette. My love, lyrics and where do they come from because no way okay my love my love faking all like hollywood maybe you should say it not me my love faking all like hollywood oh no my love diamond rings and chevrolets my love aces high and cigarettes my love faking all like hollywood my love 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 and then it's like no way you'll see me crawl like a shark I'll be ripping you apart and celebrate with lots of champagne. Um, you caught me on the wrong, wrong day. Now you go. Yeah, quite yeah. a power. <laughs> it's, very pow- it's very powerful for uh, a young woman just out of music school. I would have thought those were written by someone on the other, on the other side of her career. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. where did those come from? Uh, <clears throat> Well, I think, yeah, if, where does it come from? It, I, yeah, the idea and the emotion behind it was like, you know, I, you know, when it goes, when you go to school, at least I was, I was like partying and I was, you know, 
you know, not really putting a lot of effort in school. And I think for me, and uh, when I got the, you know, when I started my, my, my first album, there was this producer, Oscar Holliman, who found me and uh, invested like lots of time uh, in me and wrote with me the first album. And I think this for me was like, yeah, like, okay, Sharon, now you have to do it. You need to leave everything behind. You know, you're going to do it for your love, for your music, uh, which, yeah, my love. And this song is actually my music. Uh, yeah. It, it's interesting, since I didn't know it came from your music or there's all these different layers of interpretation. I'm always seeing that they're, oh, I'm always thinking <laughs> that they're, um, love stories a romantic story gone a ruined relationship or some and then you coming back or the person singing the character coming back on yes. the other side of the darkness because even and and then i read um that you the fool like you i i for something reason i thought that was a romantic relationship but then you say that was also thinking about your father yeah this was actually quite a spe- i have to tell you this story because it's really special because when I wrote this song, I actually didn't know who my father was. And then, like, one day after, like, two days after the, I wrote the song, uh, and no, nobody heard it, I, that's when the moment when my father contacted me. And it was actually the first time I was really talking about it, which is really special. And it almost was like that he heard, like, like his, you know, nature or I don't know or like uh, yeah that he heard that I was singing about him and he contacted me <laughs> I think it's possible I think it's it does happen I mean has that happened to at other that's a really yes. dramatic story but did you do you pick up things like that sometimes yes I think so because also like recently I'm, I'm also writing my new album now mm-hmm. and uh, and then it's funny because actually uh, yeah well my grandparents are always very important for me in my life because they they took care of me when I was young. And um, so, yeah, like three weeks ago, I was writing a song about, you know, grandparents, how they get older and like how the world is getting smaller and, uh, you know, telling, you know, I need to let go at one point. Uh, and then uh, the day after, I, I heard that, Know, my grandfather got uh, uh, cancer so mm. yeah it was like okay so and then and again it was for me uh, yeah the song for me now is almost like a comfort song for like okay I don't you know I, it's it's okay so I wrote myself like a comfort song mm. which is weird but yeah it's interesting how art can sometimes tell you can be that mirror, like you're picking up things that are out there, or or your father you haven't been in touch with or seen, you know, or really know. Yeah. A third, uh, how do you call it? Uh, third uh, sense. Extra sensory yeah. perception. Extra sense, yeah. yeah. So, and I think we have it, and music always comes without thinking, like mm-hmm. comes in. In, in like in a nature in a, in, a, in, a, in I don't know and I think this is why you pick it up before your hand thinks about it I don't know I always I have it more, more often but like small things like little things I say in the song and I'm like don't know why I said it and then all of a sudden 
few days after it makes all complete sense. So, mm. yeah. It's a way of, I think, um, holding life still as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. To look at it, to examine it. And, and speaking about creative process or where things come from, and I don't know, again, the, the origins of, of digging, uh, but you're, you're talking about or singing about some, you know, pretty powerful singers, Ella Fitzgerald, um, I guess, is it Bessie Smith? Yes. Um, yes. And then, but it also seems to be about the creative process and going, digging through those records. Yes. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's definitely the meaning about it. Uh, um, yeah, like finding music, getting inspired, um, you know, keep on going. Um, I think, uh, you know, and you make me, there is like, I'm also think, singing about uh, musicians and a band and, you know, it's, it's like the whole uh, process, like, uh, yeah, how you're going to make like a group of people and fit together and how you're going to keep them together. Mm. Yes. How, all these things, yes. <laughs> yeah, because it says quite clearly, I'm digging, don't want you by my side. Me and my records all alone feels right. So, um, so that we know that you've had, you had a very strong, you mentioned Oscar Holloman and you had a very strong group of musicians that had been with you from the beginning. And... And, and produced the like, amazing music, and then you've had an evolution. But I like to talk about you know the time when you were recording your first album because you it, did it in Cuba, and I was wondering how all having all that around you and you know, just describe that 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 writing and um, recording process. Uh, Cuba was amazing. Um, yes, it was. It like I think. Why we went to Cuba? I think because um, because of the way music there is such a way of of their life. It's so so much Im implemented in how how they go through the day. It's like everywhere there's music. There, you know, and in a way for me that's also how I see music. It's 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 a part of me and it belongs to me. Um, but also. You know the the, the musicians we, which are amazing over there because they, <laughs> you know they have nothing else to do the whole time making music playing everywhere so yeah uh, and I think I think it, it gave a very big vibe to the to the record and we didn't record everything over there because uh, because it was five years ago, and all the um, the um, uh, equipment was still like broken or like needed to be uh, replaced by new plugins. So actually, almost nothing works. Oh. And, uh, so we had to uh, improvise, and but we did record a, lo a lot of things, but mm. we didn't record as much as we wanted. Mm. Um, but still, as like, yeah, you come home and you take all these, you know, vibes home with you and, you know, you, you put them on the record, yeah. Hello, my name is Connor Kinsley, a striving musician and performing arts podcaster with The Creative Process. 
Music has always been a passion of mine, so taking part in bringing this episode to a larger audience has been a privilege. Kovacs is a vocal force to be reckoned, as you probably heard. She states in this interview that she lets emotion direct the tone of her voice more so than musical technique. This is what allows her to achieve so many unique sounds, ranging from gritty shouts to gentle whispers. Do yourself a favor and look up a video of her performing live. I promise you won't regret it. What I identified with most in this interview was Kovacs talking about the mysticism behind the songwriting process. I myself am a writer of multiple disciplines, but songwriting by far is the most inconsistent and elusive to me. The satisfaction in writing a lyric that fits perfectly to music is extreme, but replicating that process and its result at times seems impossible. I've written some songs in a single sitting, whereas others took up to two years to finish. To be honest, the biggest difficulty I have when songwriting is trying to capture inspiration long enough to finish the song. In this interview, Kovacs recalls that in the past, she's written lyrics instinctively, not knowing what they meant at the time, only to come back to them a few days later and realize they made perfect sense all along. Hearing someone at her status admit that songwriting can still be a mystery reassures me that some degree of uncertainty is okay, and even a good thing. Maybe songwriting isn't something that will ever be figured out, and maybe it shouldn't be. Most of my favorite lyrics I've written came out of spontaneous, unplanned writing sessions. And while that is frustrating for consistency's sake, I wouldn't trade the feeling of striking musical gold for anything. Referencing a thought Mia Funk had in this interview, the song is a form of distilled emotion. There's hours upon hours of practice, thought, and frustration that goes into what will only be a few minutes of music meant to encapsulate the whole process. So rather than seeing frustration and creative blocks as impediments, perhaps they're just part of the recipe. And now back to the interview. You were talking about um, not fitting into what they were trying to teach at school. Yes, like, you know, it's like, yeah, the way, that was like a vocal technique they used at school and it has like different ways to use your voice uh, like a, in a clean way like without too much air and you know as my and uh, i check even my vocal cords and they you know they don't close as oh. they normally would so mm -hmm. that's why it probably sound it sounds so warm and low mm -hmm. which but it means also that i'm not able to do uh yeah, I, I'm not able to sing very high and very clean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and uh, I, yeah, I, I think some people at school are afraid of that, you know, mm -hmm. to push, to push me, uh, yeah, to, to, yeah, to keep on going on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this was, uh, yeah, why they at one point told me like maybe you should go off school because they didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they knew you had a sound, but maybe trying to make you fit within their a certain range would, would even kill it, too. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. But at one point, they they decided to let me do my own thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so this is how I mentioned, how I, uh, how I got to finish the album, because they gave me a lot of time uh, to work on it by myself and in the studio and my producer which was nice so 
Well, I think it's interesting, and I'm not knowing very much about music, just, you know, enjoy, enjoying it. But some people can, there is in all the art forms, you know, too, that you can be almost too trained sometimes, and then it's hard to teach personality. Yeah. Or, you know, that must be frustrating yeah. for people who have a perfect range but can't be unique. I don't know. I think in my case as well, it's most emotion. Emotion controls the way I sing. So. Mm. If I feel happy or if I feel sad, my voice starts to sound differently. It's like it's not connected with a technique or with like uh, it's connected with emotion. Right. And I would love it. So in a way, you're, you're talking as a singer, as a songwriter, but in a way also as a like an actress. Um, and yeah. I, and I wonder, and I think a lot of people have also pointed this out, um, that you ha write in this very cinematic way and the images that you evoke are very powerful. Um, so when you're writing, or also when you're singing, what are you visualizing beyond the audience? Um, the situations, mm. I think the emotions, um, I think also try to I try to find a way to, to you know, to put my emotions and my story in in in, in a song, but also, so try to make it as as clear or like or find syllables uh, that have the same uh, yeah feeling emotion uh, can be understood by people. Mm. Sometimes uh, emotion is a is a very complex thing that only you can feel. Mm. Uh, but for me, it's always interesting to make this emotion come to others without making it. Uh, uh, yeah, to find a, a story or to find words, and then be able to find a way of seeing. Uh, you know, a feeling that uh, it's almost similar to the feeling I feel or I want to express. Right. And would you ever, um, because I've, I've interviewed some film TV composers, and so would you ever be writing towards images that you have seen in a film or, or, or some other, you know, visual form of storytelling? Uh, yes, I always uh, create in uh, pictures. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I a, a song actually is like a yeah like a painting, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's always very important to have a sense of uh, so that you need to be you're somewhere and you know you're in a certain situation. It, uh, yeah, and I always I like it. Because, I don't know why, but I for example. Um, oblivion. Mm -hmm. Oh no, no, it's not. No, it's not Oblivion. It's another song, <laughs> Crazy, which is actually coming out soon. Oh, okay. It's, it's a song uh, I wrote, for example, on the, on, you know, the spider of Toy Story with the doll with the oh, hat. Okay. Yeah. So, so yes, we we wrote this song actually on this spider, okay. which <laughs> it's really, <laughs> yeah. I think I I'm I because I know some of your you know lyrics have have been happy you know but you do excel at darkness so I'm trying to imagine the the Toy Story version of Kovacs. <laughs> I, I just I'm trying to imagine. <laughs> it's, 
Is it the yeah. other side? It's the uh, the things they didn't show us in Toy Story. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Toys can be creepy, it's true. <laughs> the, the yeah, anime, yeah, yeah, I think it's also it's something I remember seeing when I was young. Uh-huh. I thought it was really scary because mm-hmm. it was this doll that was like, like, like it was like an old hat or yeah, yeah. I don't know, and that and, and scared me. But it was a weird thing, mm-hmm. and he was in between all these normal things like mm-hmm. toys. I don't know. Maybe this is yeah, the 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 way of yeah of a person that's crazy and who's trying to manage to in the in the world. Which is normal. Mm. That's yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing that artists, are, uh, you know, artists are, are, are say in in different ways. Or feeling sort of like um, like an alien on the wrong planet, you know. Yeah. Uh, and why is it work this way? Because it's actually crazy. The more the more cra- uh, But I don't. I think the people that are the craziest are the ones trying to make it seem the most normal. Like there's no. There's yeah. no oddness. They're, they're the ones you have to watch. I don't worry about artists too much, you know? No, 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 me neither. <laughs> mm-hmm. Particularly since I know to be you know, a successful artist like yourself, you have to have resilience and you have to be, um, you have to be all you know, put together and uh, still have the emotions. Um, so yeah. in um, so Cheap Smell, your, your second album, you dealt with, you're always dealing with difficult things, but some of the songs like Addicted, um, mm-hmm. that was a, a tough song to write. Yeah, it was. It, it was. it also, I think it was the song who took the most long like, mm-hmm. to develop until it was what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, it's about a very toxic uh, relationship. Uh, I don't know. Um, very well, very important person for me in my life for for a little while, but also yeah, very um, you know uh, yeah, a bit um, confused <laughs> and. Um, for me, the song was a way to, I don't know, we broke up and it all went very, it was very weird breakup. And for me, this was a way to, I don't know, also to, you know, to make him aware, like, hello, uh, yeah, just wake up and, you know, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, it, uh, actually, when I wrote it, I was very, uh, it was very scary to mm. release it because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually talking shit about somebody, but I am actually, you know, it was never my my uh, intention to talk, you know, bad about him, but more to make him aware again. Um, yeah. I, but yes, it's a very interesting song. Um, and I have to say, We'll still sometimes speak, mm-hmm. and you know he's doing better, which is great. Because, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's also a thing a lot of people, you know, uh, can can find themselves in. You know, there are many. I, I don't know, many of my friends or other people have have uh, similar situations. So, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah, and what I don't know the I don't know the whole story. Were you both? Did the music unite you, or is that something that um, it's separate to your musical life? Uh, no, it's so separate. Mm. But um, the, the funny part, yeah, the song all all the time evolved. In the beginning, it was like, you know, it, it was a different situation because I was not so aware of the drug, you know, drugs abuse. But then I was aware of the, the thing that something was, you know, was, uh, uh, yeah, uh, changing in our relationship. So. Mm. And I think after all the time I rewrote the song until until actually we broke up and he he had a new girlfriend and I was like you know I was also angry because I was like hello I'm here with the shit and you know and I now you know you're gone it's like yeah so yeah I was also very upset of course. songwriting's a kind of writing diaries I, I guess do you also keep a, a diary do you, I'm just wondering about your writing process how you get the lyrics out of your life um, no 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 diary uh, I have a big book and mm. I call my uh, yeah it's my uh, story uh, lyric book and it's full of like Polaroids mm. uh, but also all my older poems and lyrics I ever wrote and I, I sometimes make paintings in them or I, I cut out articles and, and just glue them in. It's like, this is like, yeah, my my diary. Mm-hmm. It's also quite visual, so, uh, yeah. Wow, I mean, do you share any of that? I, I would actually love to, you know, we like to include some images, but I, if that was something you shared, but if you if not, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, could, uh, I, could, I could send you some pictures later tonight, if you want. Yeah, I would, I would love that. I guess people, I mean, I find it, it, I think people find it so mysterious, the songwriting process, how something, it seems perfect in our mind, as you, you know, you've, you, you've taken out all of the, You've taken out so many things and you've distilled it, you know, what people like to see the other side of that. And I also wonder how, because you travel a lot and you're performing, you know, different, you were from orchestra or, you know, different countries and festivals, and how uh, the meaning of a song can attract other meaning, the different places you perform it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, for some, for example, what's funny, it's like... uh, 
that is not funny, but when My Love came out, it was a big, big success. I think in Greece in the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah, like but that was world. because because there was like the recession and the, oh. the song was about like no more diamond diamond rings. And oh. <laughs> so for them, it was like all about that, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I had heard it as a romantic thing or like a, a love story with complications and you said it was about music and um, so does it ever surprise you beyond that like sometimes you have fans that people are they have an interpretation of your song that has just been so uh, not what you had meant um, Paul. well I don't I don't I, yeah no I don't think so I think everybody is well, I was finding the, the meaning, like, probably mostly in the same emotion, but the different, yeah, different situation. But not that I really thought, like, what? <laughs> no, no, not that I, I, I no. Yeah, well, you well, no, you definitely do paint things, you know, very clearly, and and I think some people could go into the melancholy of it, but I found that you definitely, um, you know, take us to these dark places, but then you show us the way out, which I think yeah. is important. Um, and now you're, I mean, we're looking forward to your, you know, your, I don't know when it's coming out, your next album. I know it takes time to to gestate, yeah. and you're recording now. You had a. a you know, evolution in the people you collaborate with and doing a lot of recording, I guess, still in London? Uh, no, actually, now I'm, uh, I'm a lot in Berlin. Ah, okay. So I'm, 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 I'm behind. <laughs> well, I, I, I still write with uh, one guy in, uh, in, uh, in England, with Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, but I don't know. I'm, I'm also, you know, trying different new things now mm-hmm. and also writing i i don't know i feel i need to go even even more uh, uh, yeah more honest i don't know so oh. well i because it's very honest already so i do wonder how you you can be more honest i don't know how you do that because i think there's still uh, because there's a darkness uh, and there's a darkness because of a reason and I, I actually still explaining now like how to deal with situations as you have this darkness, but I'm actually, and this is what music brings me closer to where I need to be. So I think now it's to really, you know, get strong out of it. I need to really face the demons that made, made the darkness. Yeah, that's we were. You were talking about mom and pop, and I just would before you know before we go to just talk about some of those lyrics, and those were things that you didn't say to your your mother, perhaps, or. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, I um, mean, do you want to say them? Oh, oh, when I was born. Um, I um, everything. When I was born, Papa wanted he left his own. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because you know when you're young. Uh, my mom never told me a lot about him because I, I think she also knew that he was a very uh, unstable, you know, person, and I was very unstable in my childhood. So um, she never told me a lot, and I was always very angry about her about it uh, to her because, you know, I was like, why aren't you telling me? And later on, when I grew up, and also the last four years, we we started to. Read 
talk about these things. Um, like, and this is like, for for example, it's for me, this song from my mom, for example, also works healing. Uh, mm. Although a lot of people would think she would like be like, not, not the, yeah, that it would be very intense for her, and if it is, but it's also for us a healing song, like, Mama, I know uh, why you did it, and uh, it's okay, and I understand. Um, and yeah, many of these things I say, like, uh, you know, the questions, do I look like him? Do I do I move my face like him? These are things you, I would never have asked her, you know? Yeah. Um, because, I, yeah, we didn't, never talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it's like. I mean, that's a, that's a difficult situation, one thing. But also, I don't know what it's... I mean, of course, I visited Holland, but I don't know what it's like emotionally in terms of is that a fair thing where you don't discuss this, you know, if something bad happened, we just uh, pretend it didn't happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, at one point you grow up and, you know, there's... It's also it's, it's also like a demon inside. If there's something you need to you need to find out because you, you you're walking up, up against these circles all the time. Like you know these questions. It's like insecurity about yourself. Like uh, all these things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's it's strange where you do you ask yourself where you got your courage then. Because it sounds just like it's different from what your parents would have had or what the way your grandparents. Are in the world. I don't know where I have courage from. I know sometimes, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe music, making mm. music, I think creates a platform for me to, you know, to, to, to deal with these things and to, and to even to to share and to, and to inspire other people. Mm. Yeah, I think that's enough for me to to do that. <laughs> Well, it's 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 definitely powerful. As I said, you move me, and I'm sure it'll move um, others involved in in the project. So we'll invite their creative responses, um, and it's just a, a wonderful story of resilience. So, thank you, Sharon Kovacs, for the beauty of your modern soul confessionals that take us on these dark journeys, bring us in and down, but above all, show us a way out, full of agency, sexual and emotional agency. Thank you for the courage and intimacy of your storytelling. Thank you for adding your voice to the credit. The Creative Process Podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews producer on this podcast was Connor Kinsley. Digital Media Coordinator is Hannah Story Brown. Wintertime was composed by Nicholas Anadolis and performed by the Athenian Trio. My Love and Addicted were performed by Sharon Kovacs and included in this episode with her permission. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you'd like to get involved with our creative community, exhibitions, podcasts, or submit your creative works for review, just drop us a line at team at Thanks for listening.